If we haven't met before, my name is Ashley and I'm the lead pastor here. And we are setting our course for smooth sailing and sunny skies in our friendships, with our coworkers, in our marriage, with our school friends, and just every area where we relate to other people. And today we're going to talk about going through storms. You're like, oh, storms, yuck, right? Because no matter how good you are at picking your friends, no matter how long you date that person you're in love with before you get married, no matter how meticulous you are with your finances and how careful you are in vetting the company that you work for, storms are going to happen. And we get to choose how we navigate them. I heard someone say once, you're either about to go into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And for me, I'm coming out of a storm. Is there anybody that can relate coming out of a storm? What about somebody in a storm? You don't have to wonder if you're in a storm. You're like, amen, I'm in a storm, I know it. What about uh, heading into a storm? You feel like a storm is brewing. Hopefully you're in smooth sailing right now, right? Well, Jesus talked about storms in Matthew 7, 24 to 25. He said, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Come on, I love when we clap for the word of God. It's living, it's breathing, it is powerful. Verse 26, Jesus says, if you just use my word in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. Ouch, Jesus. He said it. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. If you pretend that storms won't happen, Jesus is saying, and you're building your life on things that are temporary, you're not thinking of eternal things, you're building your life on your job, and it's so easy to do, right? We get so just distracted and into things. Maybe you're building your life on your kids, you know, they're only in your house for so long. Maybe you're building your life on their sports or your stuff or other people. If you're doing that, you're building on sand. And let this morning be a wake-up call. The sand cannot sustain you through a storm. And when the storms come, instead of experiencing the strength that comes from a firm foundation, you experience devastation. Because everything built on sand, it gets washed away. If you only come to church and listen to the messages and then, you know, put them away for the next week, man, it can't change your life. When storms come, you won't have a foundation to be anchored to. You know, last week we talked about offenses. And I love the rhythm of our week where we come a Sunday, we hear a message, and we work it into our lives. And we come the next Sunday, we hear a message, and we work God's word into our lives. But if you only heard the word, and you missed opportunities to say, well, I'm going to overlook an offense this week, then, man, you missed it. But I want to tell you the good news is that every day is a new opportunity to build on the firm foundation of Jesus. There's not condemnation. There's not guilt. There's not shame. This is a new week. And we want to build on the solid rock. We want to work what he says into our lives. Come on, he is our firm foundation. There's this story in Acts we're going to look at today where the Apostle Paul, he's on a ship. 
He's headed for Italy, and it's about to be winter, so the forecast is looking bad. And he says to the captain, hey, we should winter in this port. And the captain's like, eh, we can get a little further. You know, we'll be okay. Acts 27, 14. Before, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. So they get out to sea a few miles, and there's this storm. For Paul and some of the men on the boat, they're like, this is not our fault, okay? If you had listened, we would not be in this situation. And sometimes you're in a storm because of someone else's choices. And it's not your fault, but you're in the storm nonetheless. Maybe your parents got a divorce, or the economy has been tanking, and your company's doing layoffs. It's not your fault, but you're in a storm. Maybe you trusted someone, and they mishandled your trust. Sometimes storms are actually our fault. Maybe you're like the captain who made that decision, and now in hindsight, he's like, yeah, I would do it differently, but you're still in the storm. Sometimes we have storms of our own choosing that we got to walk through. And sometimes we're in storms because of the enemy. The Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And God doesn't give him permission. God doesn't allow him to mess with our lives. I just want to pop that urgent legend, urban legend thought, you know, if you're having that. God does not do that. So what happened is at the beginning of creation, God gave us authority to rule and reign over the earth, and we gave it up. Adam and Eve, they gave it up. We gave it over to the enemy. And for hundreds and thousands of years, he was in charge. But Jesus won back authority. Come on. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But because of the fall, because of the curse and everything that happened with Adam and Eve, the enemy can do what he wants on earth. He has permission. Until we take that permission back, he has it. So that natural disaster, yeah, he caused it. Your miscarriage, that's from the enemy. That illness that you're struggling with, it's a consequence of the fall. It's not from God. He did not allow it. He's not allowing permission. No, no, no. That's the enemy. John 16, Jesus says, I've told you these things, all my word, so that in me you may have peace. Because in this world you'll have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Come on. I have overcome the world. It's going to be okay. Whatever storm you're facing. He says, I've overcome it all so you can overcome. At the cross, he bought back our authority. He lived perfectly. He shed his blood. He paid the price for us. And he gives us authority. So then we have authority over the enemy in our lives. And we can overcome just like Jesus overcame. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is resting. He is working on our behalf. And we're down here. We're like, okay, Jesus, you see the end from the beginning. You know how it's going to turn out. You see the end of the storm. We trust you. We trust you. You've overcome so we can overcome. So what do we do when storms do come? I've asked my husband, Jay, to give us some sailing wisdom on navigating storms. He's got some stories for us. Jay, can you come on out here? <laughs> so he used to go sailing with his grandpa. In the th oh, there's a picture. Wow. That came up fast. Wow. There's Jay as a teenager when we were dating. Isn't he cute? I think our daughter, Sophie, <laughs> actually looks That's a much better like picture. Him. There's me, Yeah. Uh, I have a matching belt and shirt and hair ties, so you know, really, really coordinated back in the day. 
And that is a storm. That is not That's from not our a storm boat. we were in. So I was Googling storms uh, in sailboats, and no one takes pictures when they're in a storm. I can't imagine why. So tell us, tell us about stormy seas when you're sailing the Thousand Islands with your grandpa back in so, 2003? Yep, well, 2002? yeah, somewhere in that range. It was uh, the year before you decided to come. Uh, my brother went one time with us, and this was the only time, but it was the worst uh, storm that I had ever been I'm in. I'm glad I didn't go. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were leaving the Canadian shore, sailing across Lake Ontario, and you can get out into the middle of the lake and not see any land around you. So we knew that going in. It was going to be an all-day uh, journey. We looked at the weather. Weather was good. Smart. Set out. Ontario's flat as glass. Like, it is, there is no wind. The calm before the storm. It's too smooth for sailing, Way right? too smooth. It's like, boring. we're like, all right, so we'll just sit here. And we sat there longer than we should have. And then we're like, all right, let's just turn on the motor. We start going. And then the wind starts picking up. And it's out of the west. And we're heading south. So it's perfect. And everything's looking good. And then, like, starts picking up more. And we start seeing, like, clouds and things, like, dark clouds forming on the horizon. And it's moving fast. And then it gets really black. Were you and, scared? Uh, not at that time because we'd been in storms before. It's when the storms. when it got uh, a little heavier. We start okay. We gotta start adjusting course a little bit. We have to head more west because the waves are coming out west. We gotta head right into the waves. You then got what? Got you gotta head where? Straight into the waves. Straight into the waves. Why? Because otherwise you get pushed around by the waves well, and it can push you way off course. So at least this way we were headed into the waves. Then it got out of control. So we had boats all around us. We couldn't see any of them. It was such a downpour. The waves, we'd go up one side, down the other, and like the bow under the waves. How it's high like, are the waves? Like, like I, I, don't I don't know. know. Like, it's, it's like, hard to judge. I would say like, like eight to ten. Like eight to ten was really scary stuff. So yeah, it I'll was more than up. anything we'd ever experienced. And my brother goes down below. I'm like, hit with waves every other time my grandfather's out there in that picture where we're in the back of the boat and um we realize like man it feels like like any anytime we do see a break like all of our, all the boats are just at the same spot we look on the gps we're actually not going anywhere we're sailing all sails out laid over and we're just holding steady like we're not making up any ground we're not charting any course we turn on the motor to try to give us a little bit more power the motor we go up one side down the other the motor come out of the water and you just hear that thing just spin spins spin. and we're like i'm not sure we're going to get out of this eventually after two and a half hours of just like you're we're dead tired exercise everything storm passes it was the best sailing we've ever had like the wind shifted around just enough we can make a straight line one tack towards the island and we were just moving so smooth so great i mean we we're cutting through the waves it was a very nice ending to a very scary story nice thank you so much let's give it up for story time with jay come on did you catch that when you're sailing you want to point your boat into the waves you want to go into it head on you don't want to back away, which I think would be my first instinct, like storm's coming, let's turn around, hit the motor and go back to shore. You don't want to do that. You don't want to turn the boat sideways, like let's just uh, have it hit us on the side. No, 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 no. You don't want to let off the throttle because what happens then is you get tossed around. Facing it head on is the fastest and the safest approach and it is true for storms in life as well. Uh, point one today, if you're taking notes, is steer into the storm. 
steer into the storm. And I know this is counterintuitive for us. We want to steer into the storm. We like to avoid things that, you know, are hard, are rough sailing. But when we do that, we actually, we prolong them. Instead of getting through it the quickest and shortest and easiest way, we make our storms longer. If you try to avoid it, you're going to get knocked around by it. And Paul experienced this. Acts 27, 15. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. So we couldn't head into the wind. We got caught up and we just got tossed around. If you don't steer into the storm, the storm will steer you. So how do we steer into it? First, I think it's doing the hard thing that we're avoiding. Maybe right now you're thinking, oh, this is confirmation about that hard thing that I've been waiting for a sign on. Yeah, do that hard thing that you've been avoiding. That conversation that you keep putting off because you know it's going to be tough. Because you know maybe somebody's going to get their feelings hurt or not respond well. Have that conversation. Imagine if the person responded perfectly. You would have the conversation. Okay, now take away all the fear and do the hard thing. That action that you need to take, maybe you need to apologize to someone or confess something. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe you need to invest in a relationship or take the long way on a project with someone. It's more work, but it's going to be better in the long run. You can do this with the big things. You can do it with the little things. You want to steer into the storm. Do the hard thing first. Last week, I got pulled over for speeding. I I know, shocking. You guys, so much condemnation. (laughs) Confessions of a pastor. I was driving home from church on a weekday, so it was technically work, but it's still church. And I get pulled over, and the officer is so sweet. He's like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I already have my license and my registration in my lap, because I know I'm guilty. And I'm like, yeah, I was doing 70 and a 55. I am so sorry about that. Everything just got away from me, and I'm sorry. I was driving too fast. And he's like, well, your odometer is correct. You were doing 70 and a 55. I'm like, thank you for the confirmation. Again, so sorry about that. I am guilty. He's like, I see you have your license and your registration ready to go. I'm like, yeah, because I'm guilty. Here you go. I knew you would need this. And, you know, end of the story basically is, I did not get a fine, so yay, thank you, Jesus. And that's a silly example, but in all things, we just want to do the hard thing, confess the thing, take the shortest route. Like, if I'm guilty, I'm guilty, okay? Let me face whatever consequences come as a result, or whatever grace there is. You'll never regret doing what's right, but you'll often regret doing what's easy, I think we can all look back at moments where we're like, that shortcut was not the best. Craig Rochelle says the difference between where, you're at, where you are now and where you want to be might be the pain that you're unwilling to endure. You look around and you're like, oh, I want to be over there. There might be a storm between this shore and that shore. Are you willing to go through it? In 1962, researchers studied 415 successful people, people that were doing great with their lives. And they're like, all right, what do these people have in common? What's the secret sauce? You know, what's the key to success? And they found that 95% of them went through really, really hard things to get to where they were. The, The storms produced perseverance and determination in them 
that smooth sailing could not produce. One of the greatest things that we can teach the next generation is that storms will happen. And we get to choose how to face them. I think sometimes we try to protect our kids, you know, put them in bubble wrap and just pretend hard things aren't happening or take the consequences for them. But what we want to train them, that storms happen. And it's okay because Jesus has overcome. And it's okay because we can face storms with the Holy Spirit who is in us. He'll empower us and he'll guide us. And on the other side of that storm, there are good things waiting for you. Don't avoid the hard things. Steer into them. It's like that old adage. Have you ever heard, how do you eat a frog, like a whole frog? You eat it first because it's hard. You do the hardest thing first. You do it first thing in the morning. Then you can tackle anything else. You're like, I just ate a frog. I can do anything today. Maybe for you, that hard thing is facing your feelings. We talked about feelings a little bit the last few weeks, and you're like, that is tough, and I'm just going to avoid my feelings. If you're avoiding your feelings, you're prolonging them. Just face your feelings. Let someone comfort you. Maybe for you, you need to step into a new role. God has something new for you, and you're like, yeah, but that first step, you need to trust God. This might be an Esther moment in your life where he's like, you were born for such a time as this. You can step into it with courage, or you can avoid it. You can turn around and sail back. You know, we rarely feel ready when God calls us. That's why it's a step of faith. It's almost always overwhelming, but God is with us. What he's called you to do, he, he will equip you for. He will strengthen you for. He will be with you every single step of the way. He's put you where you're at for a reason. Steer into the storm. Come on. That brings us to point two. When you're going through a storm, you want to stay the course with courage. Stay the course with courage. There will be a point after the adrenaline wears off when the waves keep knocking you and they're battering you and knocking you down and you don't know which way is up. And you don't know if it's night or if it's day or if you're coming or if you're going and you're tired. There will be a point when every ounce of your energy is used up and you feel weak and abandoned and lonely. Paul and the guys on the ship, they felt that way. Acts 27, 20 says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we gave up all hope of being saved. This is the Apostle Paul. Like, he's a superhero for God. He gave up hope. Yeah, for a moment. There will be a point when you give up hope too. When you feel like you'll always be single and alone. Or you'll never get out of debt. You'll never have that child. You won't graduate. When you feel like your marriage isn't going to make it. When you come to the end of your rope. And you feel discouraged and you feel defeated. What do you do? Stay the course. If you've built your house on the rock, you don't need to do anything. You rest in that relationship that you have with Jesus and let your faith do its work. Let the Holy Spirit be your comforter in those moments. Choose to stay the course. That's the most strong and faith-filled thing you can do to keep on keeping on. That's what Paul did. He said to the crew in Acts 27, 22, I urge you, keep up your courage. Not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Last night, an angel of my God stood beside me 
I trust him. I have a relationship with God. He was there with me in the storm. When you're in a storm, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's hearing your prayers. He's comforting you. He's guiding you. When God calls you, he goes with you. Even when things don't feel like you thought they should. Isaiah 43, 2 to 4. This is one of my favorite passages. God says to us, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. You need to write that down today. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. It's a promise from God. I don't care what your circumstances look like. You're not going to go down. He says, when you're in between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I'm God, your personal God, the holy of Israel, your savior. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. I'd trade creation just for you. And that's what he did. He gave Jesus just for you. No matter what happens, he says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You're not going to drown. Come on. If he did not spare his own son, how would he not also graciously give us all things? You can trust him in your storm because he loves you. He's already demonstrated his love and that Jesus died for us. He loves you. He loves you. Tell the person next to you, he loves you. There's this one time when I was sailing with Jay. It was the only time when I actually got seasick. And we started out in the morning and it was a long day of sailing. We were going to Kingston, Canada. And about halfway through, the waves are like, and my stomach is like, and it was not fun. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't like this. We all have those moments in our humanity where we're like, I don't like this storm. That's okay. You can talk to God about that. He's listening. He is with you in it. There was nothing I could do except for stay the course. What was I going to do, try to go back? No. Stay the course. You know, something else that you might not know about me, besides my speeding habit, <laughs> is that I can't swim. I know. So we're sailing. I can't swim. Seems kind of dangerous. But Jay, my boyfriend at the time, in high school, cute little teenager, promised me, if you fall in, I will come in after you. I'll rescue you. So romantic, right? And I believed him. So I'm like, you know what? If I fall in, he's coming in after me. I'm going to stand on that promise and I'm not going to be afraid. I can have courage because he's here with me. He's right next to me. The same way Jay was right next to me. Come on, Jesus is with you in that boat, in that storm. He's not going to let you drown. You can trust his promises. He doesn't cause those storms, but he does use them for your good. He's like, oh, this is an opportunity. All right, I'm going to use this in a way that you can't even imagine. Oh, what the enemy meant for evil? <laughs> I've got good plans for this. He says, I'm going to use this to show you I'm your provider, that I'm your comforter, I'm your good father, I'm your healer, I'm your peace. I'm going to show you in this situation in a way you couldn't learn in smooth sailing. He says, I'll never leave you. I'm right here with you. Paul had a firm foundation in God. And so because of that, he was able to encourage the people around him, too, when the storm came. Acts 27, 23, last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and serve, stood beside me. He said, don't be afraid. 
You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men. I have faith in God. It will happen just as he told me. I have faith in what God told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So he's like, here's God's promises. Yeah, we're still going to go through this storm. The ship is going to be wrecked, but nobody's going to die. Everybody's going to be fine. God promised it. I believe it. In the same way, we can keep up courage because of what God has said to us. What has God promised you? For Paul, he's promised you're going to stand before Caesar. That was a personal promise. Maybe he's spoken something prophetically to you. Maybe he's spoken something in his word to you or something that you read in his word that you're like, I am taking hold of that promise for my life. When you're in a storm, you need to remind yourself of these promises. There's some that encourage me. I want to share them with you. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what's unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I love that. He's saying, don't look at the light and momentary troubles. Our troubles are light and momentary compared to the whole timeline of eternity. They're just this little blip. I know they feel really big and they are really big in the moment. I'm not minimizing them. But at the same time, God's like, they're so light and small compared to what I can see for you. That encourages me. We focus not on what we see in front of us. We focus on what is unseen, on eternity, on God, on Jesus, on heaven, on our future, on doing things now that matter for then. Another one for me when I'm tired is Galatians 6, 9. It says, let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up. When you're ready to give up, I want you to stand on that promise. The harvest of blessing is coming. Stay the course. When I need strength for the journey, Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. When you trust in God, he sustains you. He empowers you. You can have a posture of rest on the inside and trust in Jesus. He says, come to me when you're weary, I'll give you rest. You can rest and be strengthened and renewed in him. A year ago this week was a crazy Sunday. I became the pastor of Hope Church, a year ago. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. The reason it was crazy is because usually these types of transitions, they happen over years or months or maybe a few weeks. They're slow, gentle waves of transition and change because, you know, change is hard for us as humans. But this one happened in one giant crash. We did not have that luxury. So the choices were me or ask another church to take us over. And I found myself captain of the ship. And I was like, okay, God, I did not ask for this. This is not something that I would have said I wanted to do. You know, God, I feel scared. I've never led a church through a transition before. I feel like this is a big storm we're about to head into. But you know what? God is faithful. 
And he sustained us through that storm. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And it's not just me, it's you too. You have a part in that. This is his church. And you guys are helping me get to the end of the message before I want to get there. But I want to say this place has been here for almost 42 years. 42 years. I love what God has done through the generations. And this one past year, it's just one part of what God wants to do. But man, it has been such a good year. All right, so God had been preparing me for this my entire life. I didn't know it at the time, you know, but in hindsight, you look back and you're like, whoa, God, that thing happened over here so that you could use this over here? And it was like a destiny collision of everything that he has put in me and spoken to me and that he wanted to do. But it was still a storm, you know? Steer into the storm. There were times in this past year I remember one week in particular, a few months ago, we were having prayer in here, and I was, I was literally crying, just crying, and talking to God, and crying, and blubbering, and crying, and saying, God, I'm at the end of my rope, but I know this is where you work best, so I trust you. Can you do what I cannot do? Will you do what you promised to do? I believe you're going to build your church. I'm just following you. Stay the course with courage. There will be a point in a storm when you lose hope. It's okay. Stay the course. He's with you. There were moments over this past year when God brought people alongside me to put courage in me. People who helped me stay on track. At the beginning of this whole journey, I didn't know any pastors except for Pastor Dave, which he's amazing. He's been a strong rudder of experience and faithfulness and guidance and wisdom and stability. But I remember thinking at the very beginning, oh, shoot, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know any pastors, so let's see what happens with this. And, and I prayed for God to bring people alongside, and he did that, you know? Our staff, full of bold confidence in Jesus, come on, he sustained them. Our volunteers and the people of hope, you guys make my job a joy. I can't believe I get to do this, right? Pastor Henry from Uganda, you know, the first time he came, I'm like, you shouldn't come. Now's a bad time. We just transitioned pastors. I don't know if I can teach you very much. He's like, no, no, no. God's sending me. I'm coming. He transitioned his church through a very hard time. God provides the right people at the right time and kingdom friendships. (laughs) Pastor Hannah, the first female pastor of her church. Richie and Kimberly Nealand, who have more experience in the Holy Spirit than I do. Um, Christine Kane and Tara Beth Leach through Propel Ecclesia, Corning and Elmira pastors that I pray with monthly. It's just like, wow, God, to look back over the past year, what you've done, amazing. For the men on Paul's boat, 
you know, his encouragement was really all that kept them from jumping ship. And in your storms, you need to let God use people around you to remind you of his promises. And that's why I love family nights. It's just people of hope encouraging one another in a way that we can't encourage ourselves, other people who've gone through different storms and different seasons, but all the same people worshiping the same God, come on, and sharing about his faithfulness. There will be some days when it takes all your strength to stay on course to stand on his promises. When your faith feels all used up and you've borrowed all the strength that you can from other people, and when those times come, you need to keep standing. Stand on your firm foundation. It's enough. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. Put on the armor of God. Faith righteousness, peace, his word. And when there's nothing else you can do, you stand. You stand. Stand your ground. Stand knowing that he is with you. He has called you. He won't leave you. He's overcome. He's working even when you're sleeping. He cares about your situation so much more than you do. Maybe standing for you, it looks like just getting out of bed in the morning. Maybe that's enough. Maybe for you, it looks like choosing your attitude when you're about to head into that workplace environment. Maybe it's standing to continue tithing despite the way your finances are right now. When you're heartbroken, it looks like coming to church every week. When you've done everything, you simply stand. Stand the course. Stay the course with courage. The last step in navigating storms, point three, is share your story. Share your story. You see the power of story time with Jay. We get excited about it because we like hearing stories. It's the same with our stories. I mean, that's just simple sailing stories. This is like real life. Jesus has changed my life stories. Revelation 12, 11 says, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus that saves us, and the word of their testimony, our experience with him. We're going to do a whole series this fall. It's going to be called Ghost Stories, all about what the Holy Ghost has done in our lives and sharing our stories. I'm excited. Jesus overcame. We overcome by his blood, and we share our story. Whatever storm you went through, on the other side, you have a story of God's faithfulness. Brendan Manning, he writes, anyone God uses significantly is always deeply wounded. We are each and every one of us insignificant people whom God has called and graced to use in a significant way. On the last day, Jesus will look us over, not for our medals or our diplomas or our honors, but for our scars. It's not by our ideas, insights, or qualifications God is determined to heal the world, but by our scars. By his wounds, we are healed, and by our wounds, the healing is shared. Sometimes we think, oh, I shouldn't talk about my problems. I shouldn't talk about the hard things. No, no, no. Talk about the hard things, but talk about how God has brought you through them. Someone else needs to hear that. Whatever storm you went through, you now have authority in that area. And God will bring people to you who need to hear your story. They're going through the exact same thing. And you're like, wow, that is a crazy coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's God. It will help them to overcome. God will use what you learn in this storm to help someone else through theirs. You survived cancer. Someone needs to hear that to build their faith in their illness right now. You've overcome infidelity. Someone needs you to show them how you forgave. 
That story of your sobriety, that's gonna help someone else get free. Your battle with doubt or debt or depression or loneliness or abuse, it shows people what's possible. I love Amy's story, talking about bipolar and how God's healing her of that. That's what we wanna do. It's not the details of the storm that are as important as much as the details of who God is to you. So who has God been to me in this past year? He's been incomparably faithful. He followed through on all of his promises. He never left me hanging, not one time. He followed through on all of his promises to his church, promises that he had given in prophecies before I even existed that he's given us from the very beginning, that he's wanted to do in this house, to reach this city. Thank you, Jesus. He loves his church. He says, I promise to build my church. Come on, the gates of hell won't overcome it. You think one little storm is gonna get me down? Over the past 12 months, 422 adults and teens trusted in Jesus here on a Sunday morning. Thank you, Jesus. We expect that and we celebrate it. That's what he does. We had 584 adult VIPs come through our door in the last year. Come on. 20% came back the next week. And for those who maybe came back in a few months or haven't come back yet, man, we know that what God has started in their lives, he's gonna finish. Come on. Today's a celebration of his faithfulness. If you've been here this whole year, Thank you for trusting in him. Come on. I want to give you a shout. Thank you. Thank you for building your life on the firm foundation. When the storms come, putting your trust and hope in him. Thank you for leading the way with your life and believing that no matter what happens to people, God doesn't fail. This has been the best year of my life. Best year of my marriage, my family man, my kids, my destiny, my purpose. I love what God has done. A year ago, I was like, this looks like a storm. Here we go. Buckle up. We're steering into it. We stayed the course. And here we are on the other side of it, sharing our story. Come on. You have a story of God's faithfulness. Whatever he's talked to you about in this last year, whatever you've overcome, whatever storm he's brought you through, and he is so, so good. You share that story. This week, share it with someone. Easter's coming. People are thinking about God. Share your story. It is powerful. The reason that we can overcome any storm is because at the cross, Jesus defeated the enemy. He took back the authority we gave up. And when we trust in him, he gives that authority to us. And the Psalms say, those who trust in the Lord will not be afraid of bad news. They will not be afraid of storms because the Holy Spirit's in them and God's promises get them through anything that happens. And they come out on the other side with a knowledge and a love of God that's more valuable than anything else. It can't be shaken, it can't be taken away. And God uses that to help other people. If you've been navigating storms by yourself, there's a better way. You might be tired right now. You might be weary. God brought you here today because he loves you 
He wants to be with you in that storm, but he, he needs you to trust him first. He gives you the choice to trust him or to do your life yourself. And let me tell you, when you trust in him, it changes everything.